I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Margot Gerritsen, who is the Director of the Institute for Computational and Mathematical Engineering and in the Energy Resources Engineering Department at Stanford University. And we're talking about wind turbines, and in part two, Margot will start out by talking about the shape of turbine blades. From a distance, they all look similar because m most of the wind turbines that are out there have three blades, and so they all seem very similar. But when you, when you go close, you will see that there is an, an incredible variety in the thickness and shape of those blades, in the tip design, and then, of course, there are changes in the materials themselves. And that, again, leads to sometimes subtle changes in the shape. But there's a lot of work going on. I, I was talking primarily about the strength of these materials, which is, of course, really important. But there are other considerations. The earlier wind turbines were much noisier because as these turbine blades rotate, they create aeroacoustic waves, and that is noise. And in the beginning of these wind turbine designs, they were not that great because they would create noise that was not broadband. Now, broadband noise means that there are frequencies all over the place, and people find it much easier to tolerate a noise like that, which is broadband. If you just have a f one pitch or, or just a couple of frequencies in noise, then it is much harder for people to ignore it. And so when you're designing these blades, they have to be structurally sound, but they also need to be such that this noise is reasonable. It's not too high, and it's brought that noise. And that means that you actually need to couple yet another model to this, and that is a model for the aeroacoustics. Are more researchers, including mathematicians, needed in this area? I think there's always a need. You know, in terms of uh, efficiency, you know, how efficient these turbines are and how much they can extract from the wind, I, I think we're uh, getting pretty close to, to maximum output there already. So a lot of the designs are not really focused on getting wind turbines that are even more efficient. We're pretty close to the theoretical limit. But as I said, a lot of these turbines are growing bigger all the time, and so more models are needed. A lot of them use these composite materials that behave in what we would call a pretty nonlinear fashion, meaning the behavior is not always that predictable. Small load can lead to a, a sometimes unexpected or larger change than you would assume, perhaps. And, and so a lot of mathematicians and, and engineers are working on making the models more realistic, you know, not so much based on simplified physics, which quite a few of them still are, but introducing more and more of these integrate, you know, nonlinear physical behaviors, if you allow me that terminology, <laughs> just to make it, it more realistic and more complex. And so that's one area where we need a lot of mathematicians because that's not easy. And then the acoustics part is pretty okay right now, but it could also still be improved. But most of it is in the structural design. The other area where we're really needing people to work on, and more and more people are entering this, is the actual placement optimization. So there you have a beautifully designed wind turbine, and you want to build a, a wind farm with 20 of them. Where do you put these wind turbines so that they don't hinder each other too much, so that one turbine is not in the wake with dirty air from another turbine? So they can extract most energy, the capacity factor, uh, the efficiency of the plant itself is pretty high. And that's not so easy. For example, if you want to build something in a hilly area and you have ridges, 
that may have stronger winds. You may want to position these wind turbines on the ridges, but you would have to do pretty careful local weather analysis and wind analysis to figure that out. And and that's not a, a simple thing. These computations are very complex and very intense, and lots of mathematicians are helping make these codes more efficient and make the predictions more reliable. Speaking of hills and ridges, I noticed on your website you were born in the Netherlands, but you, you said you left to search for, quote, hillier and sunnier places. So yeah. d- does Stanford qualify? <laughs> Stanford certainly qualifies when it comes to sunny and, and hilly, for sure. It's not really windy, and uh, and funnily enough, I miss that. You know, where I grew up in, in the Netherlands, a pretty windy place because we're right uh, on the peninsula and, and close to the sea. So there's not really enough wind right here to run a good wind turbine. So that's a pity. But it's definitely in a very pretty place. Margot, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I think that we, we covered a lot of ground. I'd just like to add it. If anybody's interested and like some more information, to please contact me and I can help out. Okay. Uh, that's Margot Gerritsen, who's the director of the Institute for Computational and Mathematical Engineering in the Energy Resources Engineering Department at Stanford University. Margot, thanks very much. It was a pleasure, Michael.